I'd like to ask you to turn to the book of Hosea. It's not a book we read a lot. We've got just a few passages here that will hopefully set the frame the thoughts of the morning. Hosea chapter 7, beginning at beginning in 11. He talks about Ephraim here. Who, do you know who Ephraim was? Ephraim was one of the 12 tribes. So he's not talking about a single person here. He's talking about a whole group of people. In fact, thousands of people, a whole tribe of people that were part of the kingdom of Israel. They were part of the people of God. Thank you. And it's fairly fascinating here what he says about these people. Ephraim also is like a silly dove. I tell you, you read, you read through the Bible, you probably won't find another passage just like that. What, what does that mean? This whole group of people that are God's people is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt. They go to Assyria. When they shall go, I will spread my net upon them. I will bring them down as the fowls of the heaven. I will chastise them and their congregation, as their congregation hath heard. Woe unto them! For they have fled from me, destruction unto them. Because they have transgressed against me. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. And they have not cried unto me with their heart. When they howled upon their beds. They assemble themselves for corn and wine. And they rebel Against me. It's a, this is a terrible passage. Terrible that God could be so disappointed. With a group of people. Terrible because what they had done was wrong. Their behavior. They go to Egypt. They go to Assyria. They went to everybody but God. He says they cry and howl for the blessings from God's hand. They howl upon their beds. They want the corn and they want the wine. They want all the good things from God, but they rebel. Y'all know I'm a history guy. I don't know if you know who this is. This guy right here. It's the king of France, Louis. And they, the people got real unhappy with him. And they decided to arrest him. And they quit calling him king. They wouldn't dare call. They called him Citizen Louis. And for four months, they had him in prison. And they finally assembled what we would call a, a congress or a group of representatives. There were 800 people. And they discussed him, they put him on trial, and at the end they voted to kill him. Out of 800, 775 said kill him. And so they took him 
and cut his head off. And just a few months later, they killed his wife. That's a rebellion, wasn't it? You know, I think we can say we understand what rebellion is. And I don't know if anybody wore the crown for a while in France. I think you can understand what a rebel does and what the thought is. You know, the word rebel uh, in Webster's just means opposing or taking arms against a government or ruler. Ephraim opposed God. And that's terrible, isn't it? In the Hebrew, it just simply means a revolt, national, moral, or religious. In the Greek, it means insurrection or uprising. I guess we all know what the word means. I want to ask you a question. Are you rebels? If you're a rebel, stand up. Sometimes I ask those kind of questions and somebody accidentally stands up uh, to go to the bathroom or something. But I suppose everybody's going to sit because we're not rebels. In the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 1, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. Was he a rebel? Yes. He hated the church. Did he oppose it? Yes. Did he fight against it? Absolutely. He hated the church of God. And he tried to work to destroy the church of God. Matthew 26 verse 14. One of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said to them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him. Was he a rebel? Yeah. Betrayed the Lord. He opposed him. Fought against him. Matthew 26, 69. Peter sat without in the palace. A damsel came unto him saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not the man. Why ask you a question? Is that an act of rebellion? You know, we probably could have a discussion about that. And somebody says, well, you know, he, he loved Jesus. It's just a stressful situation. He... Somebody else might say, well, look, he, he lied. He denied. He... Was Peter a rebel? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the beginning of verse 5, he says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I have a passage I want to read to you, and it's not even on here because you don't really need it. Uh, I think most of you will understand the words of Jesus. In Mark, Matthew chapter 12, he said, He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. You know, to exalt oneself means to rise up. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God rises up against God. 
to betray, to rebel. And I'll tell you, we kind of like rebels in our country. I'll tell you, I was very shocked a few years ago. Went to Massachusetts. Said, we're going to preach outside. We're going to preach in public. That's okay. We're going to get in this public square and we're going to preach. Walked up there and there's an enormous statue. Probably 30 feet high. I thought, wow, this is a neat place, you know. Walked up there and there's a big inscription about the rebels, about the insurrection, the Civil War. And I'm kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I'm a part of the Confederacy. We're, we kind of like rebels. But I'll tell you today, if you in your mind have thoughts that oppose God, that's rebellion. If your actions oppose God, that's the acts of rebellion. <clears throat> In Romans chapter 8, beginning of verse 5, he says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, now listen, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. And I want to talk to you about this word enmity. Uh, it means to hate. To be passively odious. I, I really know what that means, Matt. Are you odious? I don't know. But I do understand the rest of it. Hostile. Actively hostile. Used as a noun and adversary, especially Satan and enemy. And we all have the nature of flesh within us. It, you can't get away from that. We're born flesh. And we, it's demanded enough to be spiritual people. And if we're not careful, without thinking, if we're not careful in what we do with our flesh and with our spirit, we'll be a kind of person who becomes carnally minded. And that's no good. Why? Because it leads to death. It leads to rebellion within the heart, within our thoughts, actively, in the things that we say, in the things that we do. The carnal mind is the enemy of God. Now listen, every one of us here is a rebel. Everyone. I want to keep reading. Romans 8, 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. There's a battle that goes on. 
there's an insurrection in our hearts. In our flesh. It's carnal. And if we're honest, occasionally, sometimes daily, we have a little rebellion. And a command that God has given, we go, I'm not doing it. A thought we should not have, we dwell on. Deeds we should not do, we pursue. And we rebel. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. That's a very true statement. Because from time to time we try to give ourselves a pass. Well, I did this thing. I thought this thing. I looked at this thing. I shouldn't have done those things. But I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I'm cranky. It's COVID. It's a pandemic. Why can't I do that? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And if we get to thinking in a carnal way, the rebel's going to well up. I want to talk to you about the rebel half-dead. Luke 10, verse 30, you're probably familiar. Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves. Uh, You remember the parable, the story. They stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and left and departed, leaving him half-dead. Was he alive or was he dead? He's right in between, wasn't he? And you know, it occurred to me, if we're not really careful, we'll, we'll kill the rebel. We're going to kill him. I want to tell you all a story. About a 14 year old kid. That grew up in a Christian home. Christian family. Had a gospel meeting one time. And the preacher come in and says to this young man. How, how come you haven't obeyed the gospel? Well, the young man said, I don't know. He said, don't you think you need to do it? The young man said, yeah. That, that was me. And when I came up out of that water, the feeling I had was not a rebel. The feeling I had was redemption. The feeling I had was forgiveness. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm a child of God, and it was wonderful. And I remember telling myself right then and there, a foolish thing. I'm never going to sin again. (laughs) I am going to live the rest of my life. What was it, two days? Splat. (laughs) Splat. And there's a war that goes on inside and out. And, And I'll tell you, sometimes we fight for a little bit of both sides. If we're honest. And someday the rebel wins. Some days I win. Some days Christianity wins. And this war rages and we've got to be careful because this rebel's got to be killed. Not half dead. Not a little bit dead. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's no good to have this battle. We've got to be all the way. Total commitment, you see. Colossians 3 verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, 
Inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. A bunch of big words. Some of these are sexual sins that he's talking about. Fornication, uncleanness, uh, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, all sexual in nature. Covetousness is a little different. It could be covetousness toward those sexual things or it could be covetousness for greed or glory. These things he describes here are terrible things. And he says we should kill them. Verse 6. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Wait a minute. I'm a child of God. I am today. I'll tell you what. When I get tempted. When I feel temptation after temptation after temptation. And I let myself go. And I let myself wonder. I think, I think like a rebel. Notice what he says in verse 7. In the which ye also walked sometimes when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Seeing that ye have put off the old man. We've killed the rebel, haven't we? You have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And we all, we've all got this war in us. And we've got to fight. We've got to fight to kill this old man and live for the new man and be the new man. A hundred percent. In 1 Kings 1 verse 5 he says, Then Adonijah the son of Haggith exalted himself saying, I will be king. And you know if, if we're not careful... Along the road of life and along the trials of life and along the battlefields of life, we'll embrace it. I'll be king. You know, King David said that very thing. He looked on Bathsheba and he said, I want her. I'm the king. Was it wrong? Yeah. Was she his? No. Was it right in any way? Absolutely not. And because he gave in to those carnal feelings and that carnal thing, he became a rebel that day and he rebelled against God. And he said, I'm the king. And he stole that woman. And all these things we just read about, the fornication and the uncleanness, he pursued those things to a point the rebel in him killed Uriah. Moses, he was frustrated with the people. And you've got to kind of understand, they, every day or two they were coming to him crying and whining. We just wish we'd have died in Egypt. They'd just been traveling and working and facing all these challenges. And one day he just snapped and he said, must we fetch water for you rebels? You know who was the king? God, not Moses. 
And immediately, there came a punishment. Aaron, you're going to die today. And he did. And Moses, you're never going into the promised land. You're not the king. Judas had a little rebel in him. You know what he said? Let me carry the bag. He walked along like a Christian, didn't he? Walked along with Jesus. Give me the bag. Why? Because he loved money. A little rebel in him. And you know, the slothful man will say, I don't have to work because I don't want to. I'm too tired. I'm too sick. And we'll just let the rebel come on out. Or we might say, I won't forgive because I'm the king. I've heard tons of people say, I won't forgive because they've hurt me worse than anyone else. I won't forgive because it hurts so bad. I won't forgive because, well, if they'll just apologize. And all we do by saying those things is say, I'm king. I'll do what I want. I'm not going to church. I'm going to the lake. Why? Because I'm king. I'll go to church if I want to go. And we make a lot of excuses and say things like, I can worship at the lake. Have you ever heard of a half rebellion? I'm going to tell you what, those people in France, they were all way committed. They were going to kill Louis. And you can't halfway live this life. You can't do it. You can't halfway serve God and serve the carnal nature. It won't work. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid. I'll ask you something. Is that a commandment? Is it a piece of advice? Is it a rule to follow? People, when I go hold gospel meetings, they come to me all the time and they say, I saw this show on the History Channel and it's all about the Bible. Man, the Bible ain't true. I'm going, brother, why are you you watching this stuff? Why are you listening to things that should be avoided? Why listen to somebody? You know, I had a good friend. He said he was in the airport, had a layover. And he said, I had a guy traveling with me. And he said, we're sitting down waiting for a plane. He said, we happen to sit down by an atheist. And he said, in 30 minutes, this atheist just talked all this atheism. And he said, we got up to go. And he said, my friend said, my whole world's shattered. I don't know if there's a God. 30 minutes. Why listen? We're told to avoid. Do you know the little rebel in us says, well, I can handle this. I could listen to that. 2 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And young men say, well, I can just look at a little pornography. I could just go one night to a strip club. Isn't that the rebel in us? Isn't that the carnal nature? I can do what I want. I can go where I want. Romans 13, 14, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. 
to feel, fulfill the lust thereof. Do you find yourself doing that? I'll worship my way. I'll worship when I like. I'll study if I want. I'll sacrifice if I feel like it. I'll get drunk if I want to drink. I'll get high if I want to get high. I'll forgive if I want to forgive. And I'll sin if I want to sin. I am the king. And we can make excuse after excuse in our lives. Uh, well, I, I would have forgiven them, but they won't, they won't apologize. I didn't mean to do that. I wasn't planning on that. That just happened. Isaiah 65 verse 2. The Lord said, I have spread out my hands all day unto a rebellious people. Which walketh in a way that was not good. After their own thoughts. A people that provoked me to anger continually to my face. That sacrificed in gardens. That burneth incense upon altars of brick. Which remain among the graves. And lodge in the monuments. Which eat swine's flesh. And broth of abominable things. Is in their vessels. Which say. Stand by thyself. Come not near to me. For I am holier than thou. These are smoke in my nose. A fire that burneth all the day. You know these things that we make excuses. And we give ourselves a pass for. They go right up God's nose. We've got to kill the rebel. Galatians 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is an answer to this problem, and that is this simple question. Who is living in you? You or Jesus? And we've got to kill this rebel. We've got to put him totally to death. Not half dead, not three-quarter dead, not seven-eighths dead. We've got to be crucified with Christ. That's what we've got to do. And it's fairly simple, I think. It's, it's not as easy to do, but it's fairly simple. In Colossians 3, verse 5, we talked about mortify, therefore your members. And I want to talk to you about that word. It simply means to deaden, to subdue. There are sinful things that are tempting to do, and we've got to kill them. They've got to die. We can't live 80% for God. Or 85. We've got to deaden. We've got to actively work to destroy this rebel. Ephesians 4 verse 22 says that ye put off concerning your formal conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's going to be a battle that's up here. It's a spiritual battle. It's going to be fought with spiritual tools. That you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 
We're going to have to actively pursue killing, eliminating the deceitful thoughts, the fleshly activities, the carnal doings. And we've got to become who God has asked us to be. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 and 18. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants ye are to whom ye obey. You're, you're going to be a slave either way. You well to give in to this idea. It's a fact. You are a slave. Either to God and righteousness. Or to carnality and to sin and death. His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye came the servants of righteousness. We've got to make a change in our lives. We've got to have a change of attitude. You can't be a Christian. And party every weekend. You can't do it. You can't be a Christian and be filled with covetousness. It won't work. Those things are enmity against God. Now I want to go to the same chapter beginning of verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. That's not the plan. That's not what we should do. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now listen. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. We've got to put this old man, this rebel's got to die. I'm going to tell you where he dies is right here. Right there. We've got to make a decision that I'm going to change. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to serve God all the way. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, there's a whole bunch of people here that's been baptized, and that's wonderful. There's work to do after you do that. That's the, uh, that's the opening shots. That's the beginning of a battle. To live in righteousness. To follow the Lord and put this rebel to dead. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. And if you'll go into this water and you'll confess the name of Jesus. If you'll repent, you come up out of that water. You're given a new life. A new creature. And he says in verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield ye yourselves unto God. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. 
We've got to kill this man. You've got to kill this old person. He goes on to describe this process in James 1, beginning of verse 24, 21 through 22, rather. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. And be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. And I think this is where we mess up. We become a Christian, and we study a little. We read and study a little more. But we've got to implement that in our life. And we've got to engraft these things in our life. We've got to take those evil things and we've got to kill them. We've got to quit doing them. We've got to flee from them and the people who do it. And what we've got to add into our life is his word. We've got to read it and put it in our heart and become doers and not hearers only. Because I'll tell you, if you hear only and you don't do, you got nothing. Psalms 119 verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. He don't want a little piece of your heart. He wants the whole thing. He wants it every day. Morning, noon, and night. There's no time in your life for a few evil thoughts. That's rebellion. Colossians 2 verse 20. Wherefore if we be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. That's what we need to be isn't it? Why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances? Now what this I believe is really talking about. Was the Jews going back to the the law of Moses. The ordinances. But here's the idea. If you're dead with Christ. Then the activities of the carnal flesh should be dead. And you should live only in Christ. 1 Timothy 1 verse 17. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible. The only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. According to the prophecies which went before on thee. Now listen. That thou by them mightest war a good warfare. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. You got to get involved in the fight for the king. You got to go to work and promote the kingdom. To promote the king, to promote the gospel, to promote the church. <clears throat> I want you to notice what he says in verse 19 holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. There's some people who. Who don't do these things. And it destroys their life. Ezekiel 20 verse 38. I will purge out from among you the rebels. Them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country. Where they sojourn. And they shall not enter into the land of Israel. They shall know that I am the Lord. Luke 19, 27, those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. Who's the king? Jesus is. Are rebels going to live? No. You can rebel every day of your life. And someday, old or young, you're going to die and meet the Lord. Those rebels will be put to death. Who is the king? Does your life say to Jesus, I am the king and you're not? 
Does your worship say, I am the king? I ask you a question. Does your giving say, I am the king? Does your church attendance say, I am the king? Do your thoughts say to Jesus, I am the king? Do your words say to Jesus, I am the king? Or does your life, thoughts, and words say, Jesus, you are my king? I want to talk to you about some people who were with Jesus. The centurion is a, uh, he's a soldier in the army. He, he may be like a sergeant, you know. In Mark 15, 39, when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was the son of God. He just saw one little part of the life of Jesus. He knew he was a king. In John 20 and verse 28, Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God. You think he was convinced? Saul, who hated the church, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would you have me to do? You know what? He did it. The enemy. Who is the king? In Romans 14 and verse 11 it says, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess. We know who the king is. Can you imagine how foolish it would be if I got on YouTube or bought a little TV time and said, I just want you to know America has no king and I've decided I'm the king. And I wore a crown and walked out. They'd, they'd lock me up. We, we do those kind of things every day to God. He is king. Ezekiel 20 and verse 33. As I live, saith the Lord, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm, with fury poured out, I will rule over you. I want to ask you to get out your songbooks this morning. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're going, man, preacher, you're, I don't know what got you so wound up. That's pretty hard. It's hard preaching. I tell you, this ain't fun and games. This is eternity. In heaven, with God, there'll be no rebels in heaven. Not one. Eternity and damnation and darkness. That's what this is about. Proverbs 17, 11 says, An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel message 
a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. I, maybe that's me today. I don't know. I'll tell you this. You do not want to meet God, a rebel. Furthermore, you certainly do want to meet, you do not want to meet God and be surprised to know that you're a rebel. Shocked to find out that you haven't served him with your whole... My advice to you today is examine your heart. Cast aside all the pride. Cast aside all the other concerns. And take a look inside. Do I say I am king? Or does my actions and my thoughts and my words say, Jesus, you are the king? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.